Welcome to Worship Migdal. It is so good to gather with you, even though it's just virtually. And happy Mother's Day to all you moms out there. We love you and are so thankful for you. Uh, Happy Mother's Day to my mom, Janice, in South Carolina, and my stepmom, Kay, down in Alabama, and my mother-in-law. Happy Mother's Day to you as well in Indiana. We love our moms, are so thankful for them in our lives, and we're so glad that you're here. We are a community following Jesus, learning to love. It's the path that we're on. It's our identity. As a community, we like to get to know one another a little bit better. My name's Matt. I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, we always have a little question to talk about, like who we are, to learn a little bit more about one another, and the question of the day is this, what is your mother's maiden name, and where is she from? So you can jump on that little chat bar over to the side of the screen. Let us know your mother's maiden name. My mother's maiden name is Haney, and she is from Fort Myers, Florida. What about you guys? What do you got? My mom mom is from from Nebraska, Nebraska, and she's a Keller. Keller. Yep. From Nebraska. Yep. Yep. That's a good one. My mom is a Veenstra. That was her maiden name, and she was born and raised in Grand Rapids, Michigan, but she lives in Indiana. Hi, Mom. (laughs) <laughs> my mom is a hodge 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 and she was born in missouri missouri so we got some midwest yes. around here anyone outside of the midwest i guess my mom's mccaffrey yeah she was first generation to be born in america from an irish family really that's awesome so we'd love to hear from you as well if you'll just write over on uh that chat bar we'd love to know that you're here today And uh, if you're new, thank you so much for jumping in and joining us. We know it's a little different not to be in person, but it's so good to have you join us online. We're so thankful for this technology. We have a a, a virtual connect card. It is found at mcdowell.church slash card. It's a great place uh, to let us know you were watching, especially if you're new. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, But also, it's a place to write any prayer requests that you you might have. We have uh, prayer teams that pray over these each and every week. Our pastors do. If there's any way that we can serve you, or help you get connected during this time. We want to do that for you. We're here to serve you and support you. So let us know. Fill out that card, mcdowell.church slash card. Also, just want to say thank you to all of you who have jumped in so generously to support us financially, to continue to give to the mission of McDowell. We are so grateful uh, that you've been able to do that, and you've continued to move God's mission forward even during this season. If you want to jump in, you can do that at mcdowell.church give. We still have some who are uh, sending in their tithe and offering checks, and you're welcome to do that. You're also welcome to drop it off during the week at our church offices. Uh, but again, just thank you for your generosity. It has been so cool to see uh, God's generosity through your giving and your faithfulness And uh, we've just seen incredible things through what God is doing in, among, and around us here at McDowell. And uh, the first thing I want to do is simply say thank you for filling out uh, the survey. Many of you jumped on and filled out the survey. And here's the deal. Uh, Without question, all of us on the staff, our board, and so many of you want to get back together in person. You're ready for things to reopen, the stay at home to be lifted. We are ready to get back together This group especially, we're so ready. We miss hearing you sing and seeing your smiling faces and uh, gathering together in the sanctuary. And so what I want to do is I want to kind of give you a picture of our plan, our current plan. Now, as is 
everything in the world today. This is subject to change in about five minutes or tomorrow or the next day. But we've been putting together a, really a three-phase plan to get us back together safely. And that's our goal. We want to get back together in a wise and safe way. So here are the three phases that we currently have put together. The first phase is simply this. Once the stay-at-home orders are lifted, we know there'll still be some restrictions uh, on the numbers of people who can gather together. So what we want to do is begin to encourage those in our church family who want to gather with others to do that in your homes. So whether that's in your neighborhood or other people that you might know, we want you to have watch parties on Sunday mornings uh, to, to get together to watch worship together and to, to engage in worship together. So that's phase number one. We still won't be doing anything at the church, uh, nothing here because our, our size of gatherings are just too large. Phase number two, uh, we will begin hosting some watch parties here at McDowell on our campus. So there's many of you who are saying, I just want to get back on campus. I want to be there. We want you here as well. And so what we'll do is we'll set up some different rooms around the building with gatherings of 30 to 50 people. So we know there'll still be some restrictions and we'll want to keep it under 50. We will continue to show those services so there won't be any live services because we know those will be the ones that everybody wants to get to. So we'll still show those services. There'll be watch parties you'll be able to engage. And all of those that are hosted here at the church will actually have a pastor who's hosting those. And so it'll be a great way to connect with others and engage with one of our pastors. We can't wait for that. But stage three, phase three, is the best. It's when everything's up and running, children's ministry, student ministry, all things are a go. We'll still have some restrictions in place. We'll still be following some guidelines, some social distancing, some physical distancing, but we'll have everything up and going. We can't wait for that day. We're not sure how fast these three phases will roll out, but we are hoping they are quick so that we can get back together again. So we can't wait to be back with you. That's our plan right now. Like I said, thank you for filling out that survey and speaking into some of our decision-making as a church. Now, speaking of us as a church, We've been growing in this season, which is crazy, uh, growing in a number of ways. Joe, you've, you've been kind of tracking what our online yeah. engagement looks like, and it's been jumping every yeah. single week. It's been growing every week, and we're over 2,000 people watching this last week. So. Yeah, which is, which is just awesome. And we're not just growing in that way. We're also growing because people are having children. Jason Gang, <laughs> not you. But Adrian, I mean, AJ, awesome uh, story there. And uh, we, we have a number of little ones that we want to introduce you to today. And usually on Mother's Day, we have a child dedication, parent dedication, uh, where they can stand before you. But today, we're going to let them introduce themselves. We want you to meet these new children, and we can't wait to see them in person in this place. We're the Resets, and this is Maddie Hazel.
Okay, I'm Genesis. Hi, I'm Jason. I'm AJ, and this is Journey. Can you say hi, Journey? Good job. <laughs> we're the Gain family, and we're, in, we're excited to introduce you to Journey Ace Again. She's born in April 18th. Bye, Genesis. Bye. Bye. It's ready. Go. Hi, my name is Ren Roberts, and my husband is Scott Roberts, and we want to introduce our newest bundle of joy, Sunny Ray. She was born January 10th. And she is our fourth little blessing from God. That is out of town. I love it. And uh, like I said, in November, we'll have a time of parents to stand before you with their children to dedicate those children to the Lord. They recognize they're a gift from God. And what we want to do right now is we want to pray over those families from a distance and just pray that God's spirit would surround them and fill them in these days. Let's pray together as a church community. Father God, uh, first of all, we just want to say thank you for the gift of these children. They are an incredible gift that come from you. And so for each one of these little ones, we give you thanks. And we pray that you would fill them with your spirit, that you would surround them, that you would protect them, that they would uh, as they grow, that they would grow in wisdom and in strength and, and in stature with, with those around them and with you. We pray that ultimately they would come to know your love and your grace and your mercy, and they would come to follow Jesus. And we pray for their parents as well, that you would encourage them and strengthen them and fill them. We pray that you would walk alongside of them and give them wisdom as they raise these children. God, thank you so much for the gift of love that is made known in the lives of these children. And we just pray that you would surround them with your spirit in these days. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Uh, the other cool thing that we saw come in from you uh, was a number of pictures. John, you've been working on uh, this little presentation. We, we like to do different things on Mother's Day every year. And this year, we asked you to submit some pictures. Uh, uh, how many pictures? I've got about 200 pictures submitted. 200 yeah. pictures submitted. And so here's the challenge. As you watch, see if you can't find yourself and identify some other people that you know in the church. See if you can't find their pictures in this presentation. Happy Mother's Day to all you moms. Today, we want to celebrate you with a special song. So this one is for you. Yeah. 
Oh, I love seeing all the pictures and uh, the little ones, the old ones, the new ones, the funny ones. So thanks so much for submitting them. And again, uh, moms, happy Mother's Day. We are so thankful for you. We love you. Uh, you do so much to, to reveal a picture of our Heavenly Father, God. And uh, you do it in a way that, that uh, we don't see in, in, in anyone else. And so thank you for all that you do and all that you sacrifice. Now, we've been walking through the book of Philippians, this letter that was written by Paul to this early church of followers of Jesus. And today we come to chapter 4. And chapter 4 is like the greatest hits. And one of the things I love about chapter 4 is uh, there's some pictures that, uh, that, that Paul begins to paint that I think mothers live out in such a powerful way. And so I think this was the perfect timing to jump into to, uh, Philippians chapter 4. Like I said, I think it's the greatest hits. It's some of the verses that you've probably heard. Uh, what are your greatest hits albums that you guys listen to? Any greatest hits albums that jump up? Like CCR, great greatest hits album. You don't listen to that one. Brad Paisley, greatest hits. You too, yeah. The Police, yeah. Journey, yeah. So those greatest hit albums, it's, it's the ones that you go back to again and again, and you want to be reminded of the songs and listen to the, their greatest hits. Well, for Paul, like chapter four of Philippians is one of those places that we can go back to again and again and again and dig in to some of the beauty that he paints into this letter and into all the New Testament, really. Um, three little themes that, that come out again, but three themes that we find throughout Philippians that I just want to remind us of. The first being unity. Uh, for Paul, he realizes that one of the greatest challenges for any community or gathering of people is unity. And the, the enemy always wants to drive a wedge between people because he knows that's one of the ways to break people down and to lead to a negative place. Now, that's true for churches, but it's also true for families. I, I believe one of the ways that the enemy gets at us is to, to drive this, this wedge and, and it... it it cuts us and breaks us apart from working with one another. And it's one of the reasons Paul comes back to this theme again and again and again for the early church to remain unified in the face of adversity and challenge. And I would say to us as a church, in this moment, this cultural moment, one of the challenges is to stay unified even though we have some different perspectives around. Uh, one of the things that we learned in the survey was that we have some different perspectives. Uh, we want, some of us want to get back quickly, as fast as we can. Others are a little bit more cautious and they're not sure when it's time to get back together again. And so we want to value and, and humbly approach the conversation, realizing that our perspective is not always the best perspective or the only perspective. Now, one thing I've learned when it comes to decisions, we always think our perspective is the right perspective, right? Or else it wouldn't be our perspective. And so... Part of humility and what Paul talks about in chapter 2 is, is being able to see someone else's viewpoint. And it's so important in the life of the church. It's so important in the lives of families to, to, to see one another's views and perspectives and to honor those and respect those. So unity being one of the main pieces of Philippians. And then the second one is Christ at the center. That it's not about our works or our ability to perform for God or to earn our way to God. It's about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. If we miss Jesus, we miss everything. And then the third thing is this, joy. Like throughout the letter, I think seven or eight times he uses the same word for joy, to choose joy. And this is how uh, Philippians 4, this little section begins. Always be full of joy in the Lord. Always be full of joy in the Lord. Always, always. 
no matter the circumstances. Always be full of joy in the Lord. And I'll say it again, rejoice. Now, I don't think Paul would write this, and I don't think God would want this to be in his word if it wasn't possible for us. Like, God would never give us something that that we can't do. And he says, rejoice. Choose joy in your life. And here's a truth that I, I think is important for us to remember, that joy is not just an emotion that can catch us off guard at times. I, I think sometimes we, we, we are caught off guard by that emotion of joy. Uh, the first time, uh, if, you, if you've had children, like that first moment that you hold your child, like you're caught off guard by the joy, the amount of joy that overwhelms you, that's an emotion that can catch you off guard. But it's also, joy is also a choice for us to make whatever the circumstances we faced, whatever the circumstances. And Paul comes back to this again and again and again, rejoice. I'm going to say it again, rejoice in the Lord always, no matter the circumstances. And here's what we can do in this current cultural moment. Regardless of your perspective, we can choose joy. Uh, I remember a few years ago, I was in a bit of a dark place. And I had a good friend who, um, who began to reach out and check in on me every now and then. And he began to ask me this question, how's your joy today? He would text me, how's your joy today? How's your joy today? And I didn't feel joyful or happy in those moments. I was kind of in a dark place, wondering what the future looked like and all of that. And he reminded me that joy was a choice that I could make every single morning. Now, Paul will take this concept of joy, saying rejoice in any circumstances, and he's going to walk out, and we'll walk out here in just a few minutes how to do that. But we want to begin with choosing joy in worship and raising a hallelujah to our God. This has become one of our favorite songs, Raise a Hallelujah. And it's, it's this, this opportunity we have to turn our appreciation, our affection toward God, our hearts and our minds toward Him. So let's, let's sing this song together. Always be full of joy in the Lord. And I'll say it again, rejoice. So how do you do that? How, how do you move yourself in that direction? How, how, do you, how do you set yourself up to be able to rejoice even in the most difficult of circumstances? Well, Paul continues his writing to this, this young church, these followers of Jesus, and he says this, don't worry about anything. Don't, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he does. I I love how Paul does this. He says, don't worry about anything. So he says, don't worry. Instead, so he gives us a a different move. Don't worry. Instead, pray about everything. And then if we have trouble with that, which sometimes we're not sure, like, how do you pray? Like, what do you do? He gives us instruction for that. Tell God what you need and thank him for everything he's done. Now, that's a pretty good starting point. Now, many of us over time would say, gosh, I've, I've run into a dry season uh, in terms of my prayer life with God, or, you know, I've never really prayed. I don't really know how to pray. I, I don't want to pray out loud. I just, I don't really know what prayer is. Does God care about, like all of that kind of fills our minds and it keeps us away from praying. And Paul says, no, 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 it's simple. Instead of worrying, when you worry, kind of shift your mind and, and start to pray instead. And if you don't know how to pray, just tell God what you need. Like, just talk to him about what you need. God, I need this. I'm worried about this, but I need this right now. This would help me. And then thank him for what he actually has done for you. 
Isn't that awesome how Paul like gives us these really specific, you can actually walk it out. So how do you rejoice in any situation? And Paul says, well, first of all, anytime worrying springs up in your life, turn that worry into prayer. And if you don't know how to pray, then just tell God what you need and thank him for what he's already done in your life. Well, that's a great starting point for, for us. Peter um, writes, writes it this way. He says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Like take your anxiety and just like throw it at God because he cares for you. Now, Paul writes, as, as he continues, he, he, he writes what happens when we do that. So what's the, the response we get from God when we actually tell him what we need and we thank him for what he's done? He says this, then you will experience God's peace. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything you can understand. And his peace will, will begin to guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. So when we begin to worry, if we'll turn the worry into some sort of prayer to God, that God, his response when we reach to him is to actually bring peace into our life, which overwhelms and, and moves the anxiety or the worry aside, which then like overcomes all of those pieces, I mean, beyond the way that we can understand, and it will begin to protect or guard our heart and our mind. Like that's the, the walking out of how do you rejoice in all circumstances? Well, when worry takes you over, pray. Tell God what you need. Thank him for what he's done. And then begin to experience his peace in your life, which will guard your heart and mind, which is a great circle. Now, years ago, I read a book by Charles Duhigg. Some of you will remember this book, maybe, called The Power of Habit. Anybody remember The Power of Habit? Yeah, yeah. Um, Duhigg, brilliant, talking about the mind and how uh, the mind shapes the habits that we have in life. And the mind is a brilliant thing. Like the way that God wired our minds and, and set our minds into to motion is incredible. Our minds create habits for us that we don't even think about. We repeat patterns in our life to save energy. And so what, what they've realized is that there are certain cues in our life, things that, that pop up in our, in our daily activity that then lead us to do something, that's the habit, and then there's a reward which creates this cyclical pattern of why we do the same things again and again and again. It's called the habit loop. And the habit loop is this idea that there's a cue, and then the habit itself, and then a reward, which is why the mind then puts that into play to save energy. So many of us do things we don't even realize we're doing because our minds have put it into a habit loop. We just do the same things over and over. Let me give you an example. Uh, every now and then, I have a little bit of a hunger pain within me. Anybody ever have hunger pains? And sometimes I don't do a great job of eating scheduled meals. I know I should eat my lunch every day and my breakfast, but I don't, and so I'll get hungry. And, and what I do is I just grab whatever's around me and I put it in my mouth. Now, if there's peanut M&Ms around me, that creates a bad habit for me. I have a, a, a huge container of peanuts, just peanuts in my office, and I find myself eating peanuts for lunch more often than not, just because they're right there. That becomes this habit loop where I just grab the things that are in front of me and eat them, which is not always good. Now, what would happen if we took this habit loop and, and created a little bit of a prayer loop instead? So I've kind of re, reworked it. I didn't ask Duhigg if I could do this with his habit loop, but what if when there was anxiety in our life, the beginning of that loop, if we turned to God in prayer, which would then lead to peace, 
would it become so ingrained in us that any time anxiety began to overwhelm us or worry began to overwhelm us, we automatically, our brains become wired to simply pray, and then we would begin to experience God's peace. I, I, I mean, it's like Paul kind of wrote this little habit loop into Philippians chapter 4. He says, so don't worry, pray. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all that he's done. And then the peace of God, which far exceeds anything you can imagine, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It becomes this loop, this pattern. Anxiety should be the cue. Anxiety should be the very cue that leads us to pray. And peace becomes our reward. And how many of us need a little bit of peace in our lives? Yeah. Uh, it, it leads us to hold on to God's promises. And John and Joe, you guys introduced us to a new song this week called Your Promises. And I, just, I think that's a great one for us to sing as we kind of begin to wrap up our time together. So let's, let's sing this, this new song together. So one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So, so how do you rejoice in the most difficult of, of circumstances? Well, you fix your mind on the good, not the bad. You, you fix your mind on the pure, not the ugly. Uh, I, I love this, this paraphrase of this uh, from, from Eugene Peterson in, in the message. Fill your mind and meditate on things that are true and noble and reputable and authentic and, compel and compelling and gracious. Fill your mind and meditate on the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. Like, it's, it's the way that you rejoice in any circumstance is you focus on the good that is there. Now, it doesn't mean that we walk around and ignore all the things that we need to address in life, but it does mean that we fix our minds, where we fix our mind is on the good, not the bad, the beautiful, not the ugly, the pure and the lovely and the admirable and the things that are true and right. That's, that's where we fix our mind. And when we do that, it changes our perspective. It might not change the circumstances, but it changes our perspective and God's peace really can come and calm us, give us that peace that passes all understanding. I, I believe that the mind is a battlefield. I, I believe our minds are a battlefield and that our minds will eventually shape the way that we will experience all of our life. Like our minds, what plays again and again and again in our mind will be the, the thing that shapes us for the ways that we experience the people around us, the circumstances around us. Uh, we've talked a lot about this. We talked about this today, that when my mind drifts towards the negative, it begins to overwhelm me with anxiety and worry. But when my mind instead sees the good and what's, what's the best of the situation, it changes my perspective, which may not change the circumstances, but it brings this peace to my soul. It's how God calms me. Now, moms, I think you do this so well. You, you in a way, see what's best in your children. And I believe God uses you in a unique way to speak life into your children that then shapes the way that they'll experience the world around them. And I want to encourage you in this. Moms, you, the, the words you speak to your children, so very important. The words you speak to them out loud, 
but also the words that you whisper in their ears at night as they're laying in their bed. We go back to that again and again. Those are the tapes that we play, and those tapes will begin to shape our experiences in life. So moms, thank you. Thank you for for being the words of God to us in the moments that we need them so that we can fix our minds on what is good and right and pure and true. Don't you love this last chapter? And here's the problem is I didn't have time to get to everything. And so I've got some more for next week. So there's like one little last piece that I want to talk about last week. But this week, rejoice in all things, in all circumstances, rejoice. And when you, when you feel anxiety and worry spilling up in your life, turn that worry into prayer. And then begin to experience the peace of God. Like as you tell him what you need and as you thank him for all he's done, then you'll begin to experience the peace of God that is better than anything that you can imagine. And then fix your mind on what is true and right and good. Well, we hope you have a great Mother's Day. We hope you have a great week. We can't wait to see you again, McDowell. Grace and peace to you as you continue to follow Jesus and learn to love in your life.